2: You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. This is episode number seven hundred and seventy three, and it's called What Do British People Think of the Queen and the Royal Family? So, yesterday I came back from my trip to London, where I was staying with my brother James for a few days. I mentioned it in the last episode. And my weekend with James coincided with the celebrations for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. You might have seen reports of the celebrations on the TV or online, wherever you are. Did you see that? Did you see the stuff that was going on in London? Big celebrations for the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, 70 years on the throne. That was the reason. So the celebrations involved a variety of different things, including a kind of military procession through the streets of Westminster near Buckingham Palace called the Trooping of the Colour the lighting of platinum jubilee beacons across the country. And these beacons are basically large flaming torches, which were lit as part of a long tradition at this kind of celebration. Also, there was a service of Thanksgiving at St. Paul's Cathedral. There was the derby at Epsom on Friday. That's a horse racing event usually attended by the royals. Then there was the Platinum Jubilee Party at the Palace, which was a big entertainment show with live music and celebrity appearances. There were jubilee lunches and street parties, which happened across the country. Although, to be fair, I didn't actually see any in the areas where I was visiting in South London. I kind of got off the train, expected or hoped to see parties in the streets that I could get involved in with James, but I arrived on James's street and just, whoosh, just nothing, nothing going on at all. I didn't see one single street party. To be fair, there was one barbecue on a street corner, um, some guys selling some some like barbecue food on the street corner, but that's pretty much it. But I think there were parties in other parts of the country, and also the Platinum Jubilee pageant which is a sort of procession through the streets led by the Queen's golden carriage. I say through the streets, that's obviously in Westminster in central London. The Queen wasn't actually in the carriage for that, and so a sort of digital version of her was visible inside the carriage instead. Uh, This was a kind of animated projection of the Queen waving from inside the carriage, a bit like a hologram, but not technically a hologram. So, lots of things were happening. And I was planning to record an episode with James over the weekend anyway. And I felt we couldn't really avoid talking about the royal family because it's just unavoidable. And also, I know that plenty of people are interested in it. So, we decided to make a whole episode on the subject of the Queen and the Royal Family. The plan was to try and answer the question, what do British people think of the Queen and the Royal Family? Now, it's difficult to sum up what all British people feel about this. And so we decided that we could only really give our own opinions. So maybe the episode should be called, what do James and Luke think about the Queen and the Royal Family? But you know, we are British people after all, so I think the original title still works. And you'll hear that we try to be objective and to weigh up the arguments for and against the monarchy, or maybe just to express the complex feelings that we have about this, complex mixed feelings, because we can see both good and bad things about the whole arrangement. So we tried to express our feelings, but also to deal with the different points of view and to refer to some surveys and public opinion polls that seem to show how British people in general feel about the royals. So I hope that this does inform you about what it's like for most normal people in the UK. If you if you consider James and I to be normal people, I'll let you decide that one. So after recording, we were... We were slightly worried, actually, that we came across as a bit too negative or cynical towards the royals, and that perhaps we should have had a royalist on the show as well for balance. So here's a sort of disclaimer for the episode. We're just two people talking, and this is just how we feel. Our comments represent a very small sample of public opinion in the UK. We don't hate the royals or the queen, but instead we are just not completely sure about the arrangement. As you listen, you can see whether we think the monarchy should be abolished completely, or whether it should be maintained, or some kind of third way. I'll let you listen and find out for yourselves. In any case, I hope that you enjoy this episode and that you find that we were able to express ourselves clearly and that you can understand exactly what we actually think about the subject. I also want to say that after having published episode 772, that's the previous one, in which I made some comments about other recent episodes, like the Spinal Tap one and the Sick in Japan one, after having made comments about those episodes, I received a lot of messages from listeners which kind of put my mind at rest, basically that they loved the episode about Spinal Tap and that they thought the audience were fine at my talk at the BC, so that's nice. And I do respond to a couple of those comments at the start of this, but then after about five or ten minutes, we get properly into the topic of what we think about the Queen and the royal family in quite a lot of depth. I hope you enjoy the conversation and that you find it informative. Please leave your comments as usual. What do you think of the Queen and the royal family from your point of view? Maybe you observe these royal events from a distance in another country, or maybe you're living in the UK and you see it much more closely. In any case, let us know what you think too. So that's it for my introduction. Let's now travel back through space and time into my brother's living room on Friday, the 3rd of June 2022, in the middle of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Make yourself a nice cup of tea, get comfortable, and let's get started. Okay. Do you want some more water or anything? Yeah, go on then. You can talk then for a minute. I mean, I might not use this, but...
0: Luke's gone off to get me a glass of water, which is very nice. I'm not sure if he was actually offering, if he was saying, if you want a glass of water, go and get one now before we start. But I kind of took him to mean, would you like me to get you a glass of water? So I said, yes, please. Instead of, yeah, I'll go and get one. (laughs) clever you see i sort of cleverly misunderstood his meaning
2: intentionally intentionally that's not what i meant anyway hello james hi there thanks for the cups of tea that's all right um how are you doing today i'm not bad thanks um just had a nap half an hour ago oh did you actually have a little bit of sleep
0: yeah i did okay
2: how are you with napping i like it i'd recommend it um yeah, good. Do you ever nap too much, though, and then kind of get all confused? Yeah,
0: pretty much every time I have a nap, I wake up a little bit confused. I'm hungry. Hungry as well. I always immediately want to eat something, and I normally do. Yeah. So I had a few pieces of chocolate, and I've just had quite a lot of crisps. <laughs> <laughs> Very healthy lifestyle I'm living at the This is moment.
2: the British diet. Yeah. Chocolate and crisps between meals, just constant snacking of different Cadbury's and Walker's uh, uh, snacks. Varieties, yeah. Anyway, we shouldn't ramble too much at the beginning here because I'm actually planning to do two episodes with you this weekend if you're okay with that. Um, the, The first one I'd like to do is to talk about the Royal Family and the Queen's Jubilee because it's happening this weekend. I don't know if everyone in the world is aware of it, but certainly, I mean, I am. At the British Council yesterday, I was there in the morning in Paris, and they showed, they were showing the Trooping of the Colour on the big TV in the foyer. And there were people, they, we, they arranged like a coffee and chat sort of social event. And uh, coming to London, of course, you see it everywhere. It was on the TV yesterday. It's probably still being live streamed on the BBC. The Trooping of the Colour is a sort of celebration and a kind of parade. Lots of pageantry to celebrate the fact that the Queen is uh, this weekend celebrating her 70th Jubilee, which is the uh, platinum Jubilee, right? She's been on the throne for 70 years. She's now the longest, well, she was the longest serving monarch nearly 10 years ago, uh, but she's just smashed the previous record now. 70 years On the throne. Um, And so I don't know if the people around the world are fully aware of this. I'm sure that many of you, my listeners, are, because you might follow sort of British things and stuff. A lot of people are in the UK as well. And so, so I thought we'd do an episode about the royal family and what do British people think of the royal family. And then we can do another episode, maybe tomorrow or later on, where we can just ramble about any other nonsense that we want to. But this one is just focused on the the royals. Is that okay with you?
0: That's fine. I mean, there is a perception. If you read the papers, that everyone in the UK is really excited about this. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to have a public holiday. But I was re- I saw the front cover of or the on the, the online New York Post. No, not New York Post. New, New York, York Times. Times. New yeah. York Post is something else. New York Times saying, you know, tens of thousands turn out to see Queen celebrate you know jubilee and i was thinking yeah but millions didn't
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah many more people didn't celebrate yeah whenever this sort of thing happens yeah when you're like the international press like in the states or in france they will always show the same photos and video footage of people dressed in like union jack clothing and union jack hats and idiots union jack glasses they do look like idiots i wonder well i mean that's maybe a bit harsh. Cause it is harsh, but it's my it's my prerogative. It's your
0: prerogative. It's your royal prerogative. It's my right as a as a citizen to not necessarily love the royal family
2: and all of the you know the related celebrations. It does seem a little bit sort of I don't know. It does seem a little uncritical or slightly. It's not exactly it 's not exactly switching on your critical thinking when you decide to wear a Union Jack waistcoat, top hat, and glasses I
0: suppose it 's fair enough. I mean, it never bothers me when I see other countries doing you know if you see Brazil or something, and people are all decked deck down Brazilian flags and never think losers
2: yeah but I do wait, so when it 's my country yeah well yeah, yeah, anyway, so the rest of the world does often see these pictures of people dressed in Union Jack stuff and it 's kind of like oh. Most people aren't doing that. There's just normally some... It's not fair to say that they're weirdos, but I don't know. But a lot (laughs) of people do. Let's say it anyway. A lot of people do. I have to say, lots of sort of ordinary people are going around living their lives. When they see those sorts of people, they might... Either the opinion will be, oh, they're great. They're just having a great time. It's all a big celebration. They're just proud of their country and all this sort of thing. And other people might just think uh, they look like weird nutters. But I don't know. Um, So anyway, that's that's what we are going to talk about um now before we get started i just want i did want to read out a couple of emails or not emails comments from listeners that have come in since i published uh the 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 last episode which was just me rambling in my pod room and talking about uh certain uh recent episodes that i've done including the one about spinal tap with you Uh uh-huh and um so I, in in that episode, in the last episode, I, I mentioned that uh, I wasn't sure what people thought of the Spinal Tap episode. And uh, I was perhaps slightly disappointed that I hadn't had more of a response to it. Underwhelmed? Underwhel- Maybe they were underwhelmed, or I was underwhelmed by the response. Maybe I expected more. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, let me just read out a couple of um, uh, responses from my audience. So this one is from Juan Inju. I think Juan is probably... Uh, the first name. Hello, Luke. Thanks for taking us on a ramble. It was a lovely one. Bon voyage to London. Give our love to your brother. There you go. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs> Just giving you their love like that. Very nice. Uh, and tell him that people from Lepland would love to hear another James and Luke conversation. Uh, enjoy the enjoy the celebrations. Much love. There you go. That's Thank you. Very nice. Very, very sweet. Nice of Juan there. Lovely. You could say, in fact, that he's Juan in a million. He. Yeah. Juan sounds a bit like Juan. Juan sounds a bit like Juan, doesn't it? No, thanks,
0: Juan. Thanks. That's, that's, yeah. That's that's lovely. That's great. Another I one don't f- know why I'm doing a Birmingham accent. suddenly doing uh, it in a
2: Birmingham accent like Thank that? you, mate. That's brilliant. That's great. Thanks a lot for your comments. We really enjoyed reading it. So this one is from Isabel. Now, it's written The Knot. Isabel The Knot. But... It's. I think it's actually pronounced uh, Ternot, but I can't say it in French. Isab- Isabelle Ternot. Anyway, Isabelle's a long-term listener, I believe, uh, certainly a regular commenter. And she wrote this. Hi, Luke. And I, um, I guess Isabelle's from Fre- from French. That's not right. She's from France. She said this. Hi, Luke. I've just finished listening to this new episode, and I'd like to comment on some of the topics you mentioned regarding your performance at the British Council. So I did a storytelling I, saw it.
0: I watched about half of it. Yeah. Um, it was a good, entertaining, sort of spoken word performance. Yes. It wasn't exactly stand-up comedy. wasn't exactly a talk. It was somewhere in between the two.
2: Yeah. I liked it. One of the things I said in the last episode was that I was a little bit disappointed with the response from the audience. I wanted them to be a bit more loud. I felt like, well, a couple of people commented saying that the crowd seemed to be a bit dead Um And thinking about it, it it's like, yeah, okay, I I wanted more of a response from the audience. I was definitely happy with it. That's why I published it. But I said that I expected more from the audience. I think it's fair enough.
0: It wasn't really a stand-up gig. It wasn't in a venue. Well, it wasn't I
2: didn't venue. warm up the audience wasn't in the way that I would normally warm them up for a comedy show. It wasn't
0: strictly comedy, though. No, it's, it wasn't. It's storytelling, so it's not the same as, like, big laugh here, big laugh here. Anyway, yeah, whatever. yeah,
2: yeah. So, um, Isabel wrote, regarding your performance at the BC, if the audience were... If the audience was essentially French, it's no wonder they didn't laugh out loud. We... French, are famous for being non-demonstrative, cold and a bit snobbish at shows and gigs except for people from the north of France who are more spontaneous. And that's coming from a French person, listeners. Interesting. Um, I noticed that actually in...
0: Although this is completely irrelevant, but I went to a gig in New York when I was there on holiday. Yeah. I remember thinking the crowd was very muted compared to how it would be in London. Really? Um, But then again, it was a sort of a band from LA uh i don't know maybe they just they just didn't really get each other. Maybe Maybe in New York they're a bit cool for school. They were a bit too cool for school and I was thinking if this was in London everyone would be really excited and jumping around and they were kind of a bit like standing back and kind of checking out the opposition sort of thing. Right. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Checking these
2: guys out rather than really getting into it but this is not really that relevant to what we're talking about. Um, uh, Isabel goes on listeners, we we will get to the royal family stuff. Isabel continues, she said, in their defence meaning the audience, when you made the Announcement on the podcast weeks before your show you said yourself that it wasn't going to be stand-up comedy so maybe they didn't reckon they were expected to laugh or it's possible that most of them were lepsters who'd already listened to episode 118 from 2012 and obviously it's less funny when you know the story yeah i suppose so and she says and for the spinal tap episode with james i'm surprised you didn't get more positive feedback i loved it although I was a bit disappointed because I couldn't find it on Netflix. You know what, Isabel? I think it got removed literally at the same time uh, that I published because... The week before, in preparation for the episode, I had watched it on Netflix. Things appear on Netflix and then disappear. It's like they get the rights to them for a a period of time. Also, everyone, there's going to be a sequel to Spinal Tap, which is coming uh, soon, I believe. That's another thing for another time. What do you think that's going to be like? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, all I know is that the three guys, the main three guys, are still very, very good, and they're really, really still great at improvising as their characters. So I hope that if... if they allow them to improvise a lot of it, if they make it in the same way that they made the original, there's no reason why it wouldn't be good. But if they try and control it and try to add too many contrived, preconceived things to it without letting it be spontaneous, then it might not be quite as good.
0: Yeah, I feel... I mean, when I first thought I thought, hmm, they're, they're a bit old now. How can they still pull this off? Still that's good. a band in their prime or even past their prime. They're a bit old, even to be. Yeah, but that's what, everyone, sa- that's what
2: everyone says about rockers. Like every rock yeah, band I'm the on. Rolling the Rolling Stones. I go on the Metro and I see all the posters for the rock bands touring in France, and they're all these aging, aging rockers who are still going. The very last tour ever. But then, of course, they do another tour and another tour, and each tour is announced as the last. Yeah, yeah. B- before we're dead tour kind of thing. You could be right.
0: There could be plenty to work with there, and I think uh, so they're, you know they're they're, they're well
2: practiced joke smiths. Yes, definitely. They're still very funny. Um, So Isabel said she was irritated she couldn't find it on Netflix. She said, I agree with you. It's very interesting to be introduced to this kind of British culture. Thanks to you, I'm now a big fan of Ricky Gervais and James Acaster, among others, whom I had never heard of before. One of the great things with your podcast is the variety of the episodes. Anyone can pick the ones they like. Well, have a nice stay in the UK. I hope you manage to record an episode with James. That would be fantastic. And say hello to Liz for me.
0: Lizzie, Queen Lizzie the Lizard.
2: (laughs) There is a theory. Some people have a theory that the world is run by lizards and that the Queen is one of them. I don't know about that. Um, And a final comment from Thiago Silva. I'm assuming this is the Brazilian football player. Because everyone listens to be, everyone listens to this. So Tiago Silva has written in. Maybe it's someone else who just has the same name, but I'm assuming it's the Brazilian international football player. Hi, Luke. I'm Tiago, thirty six. Okay, that's that's not Tiago Silva. Then I think. Different one. Another, another one. I'm Brazilian, living in the UK for three years, and uh, three years learning English, basically only listening to you. Um, when I moved to London, I couldn't speak anything in English. Even a simple good morning was very hard to say. Now, after lots of Luke's episodes, I was promoted three times in a company where I work, and I'm one of the main warehouse supervisors, and one of my tasks is training new starters at the company, all in English. Um I just would like to mention I've listened to the episode regarding Spinal Tap and I loved it. You recently said it had less comments than normal, but I loved it and learned lots of things from it. Uh, keep, uh, keep it up. Keep doing that kind of thing, please. I'd love to hear an episode with your daughter or hear her speaking something. I do have something in the pipeline. By the way, Tiago, and I love the episode with your dad as well. His English is just perfect, isn't it? Thanks for all your effort to help people learn English, mate. Take care and keep yourself clean, as your dad advised you. Good one. Good uh, good reference to your story about being ill in Japan. But he does say that. It's one of those things he says,
0: isn't it? Keep yourself clean. Is that a Yorkshire thing? Probably. Um, Also, we didn't say thank
2: you to the person before... Oh, Isabel. Isabel, thanks, Isabel. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you, Tiago. And thank you, Juan, who is Juan in a Million. Thank you, all three. All three of you. Um, right, so let's get, let's get to the point here, right? So what's going on this weekend? I've said it's the, the Queen's Jubilee, and there's lots of pageantry and stuff um, in Westminster, near Buckingham Palace, lots of all the Royal Guards, the Queen's Guards in their red outfits and their funny black hats, parading and uh, the royals going to various events and things, and it's all being covered on the BBC constantly. And so, as I said, on Thursday morning, yesterday morning, I was teaching in my classroom with mostly French students, and they did want to know what I think of the royals. Actually, one student from Peru and one student from Chile, so two South Americans in there, they both actually asked me what I thought it was one of those funny situations in a class where one student asks you a question and you answer it. And then almost immediately afterwards, another student asks you the exact same question. <laughs> sort of shows that they maybe weren't paying attention. Anyway, they both asked me, and I've had French people ask me, what I think of the Queen and the royal family. So what do you think, James? What do the Brits think of the Queen and the royal family? I whenever very, I very, think very, very yeah. mixed. Mixed? Very mixed. Yeah. Um, go on. I was going to say, whenever people ask me this, I honestly, hand on heart, I don't really know what I think. I just cannot make an opinion. And it doesn't mean that I haven't thought about it. I think about it all the time, but I can't quite weigh up the pros and cons. And I always just think, I don't really know. This is what I wanted to say to my class. I don't really know where I stand. I don't really have opinions. All I have is jokes. That's all I have is sort of just like sarcastic or ironic remarks about the royal family, which maybe means I'm a bit cynical about the whole thing. But when you ask me seriously what my opinion is, I'm really not sure. But let's go through some of the pros and cons. I'm definitely on the cynical side,
0: but maybe we should do it in an organised manner. Mm -hmm. If you want to go through...
2: Some pros and cons. We'll try and do some pros and cons. There was some chat on WhatsApp yesterday between you and me and mum and dad and my wife, right? We were chatting about it and mum and dad have basically given given us the green light to quote them. Mum said, one one does question, quite posh (laughs) sounding English for it very nice. She speaks good English. She does. One does question the point of them. When they happily parrot the government's lies at the state opening of Parliament, so every year when the when the when Parliament is opened, it's normally opened by the Queen. This year it was opened by Prince Charles, and uh, they a statement is made by the by the Crown by the. But it's written by the. But it's written the by government. the government. So it's a strange situation that really it should be that the government work for the for the Queen. But in fact, in these moments, the Queen is basically reading what a statement that's been They're written by They're basically giving the
0: okay to the government to come in, it's like the into of, power. The
2: official And okay. that goes on to my
0: first negative, if... No. Yeah. My only positive, rather. say that again. That comes on to my only positive, really, which is supposedly, as I see it, the crown or the, the royal family is kind of head of the armed forces, the army, the navy, whatever, the military. Yes. And so the military, in all the pageantry and all the, they, all their sort of rigmarole and the way the system is set up, are loyal to the royal family. They're not directly loyal to the government. They're directly loyal to the royal family. So mm. in theory this would mean that if there was some sort kind of crazy prime minister that decided to try and have a military coup yeah where they get the military on side and say i'm not leaving it's not a democracy anymore we're becoming a dictatorship yes in theory the armed forces wouldn't go along with that unless the queen went along with it as well so it's a way of separating the government from direct control over the army and the armed forces yeah whether that would you know how that would pan out in reality. I don't know, but it seems to me that that is a kind of plus point. It's it's a it's a, it's a in, kind of separation of of uh, power being able to be grabbed by a sort of rogue government, military a military dictatorship of some yeah, sort. Yeah. So the the royal family basically are who the the army defer to, right? Not the government in power, which I've just said about three times. No, but uh, there we go.
2: No, we got the point. Yeah, that. Um, the Queen is essentially the commander-in-chief and the yeah the armed forces work for her. They're loyal to her, exactly. So it could be a sort of uh, a, a block against uh, a potential kind of, sort of fascist or whatever uh, military autocracy. A kind of safety net. Excuse checks me. and balances. I mean, democracy is often a system of checks and balances. You've got power here, but then that power is checked by giving other powers to some other area which yeah. is supposed to balance out balance things out but in reality i don't know um, well i think it is it
0: does seem to work in reality the the army doesn't um in all the in its in its um system of power i suppose or s- system of uh, organization yeah the ultimate head is the the crown yeah yeah and I think that's what a lot of the pageantry and trooping the colour and all that sort of root, you know, mm. the routines and the, the uniforms and the, the ridiculous amounts of kind of, what do you call it when you, you perform a certain set? Pageantry. Yeah, but there's another word for it, I'm sure, when you perform a certain amount of steps and kind of the drills and the the kind of almost the coded messages within the army of like how you interact with other officers how you turn in the right way all that all that whole thing yes is all part of that thing that connects the army and the armed forces to the crown the hierarchy yeah and, and, and the, then the di- crown is then kind of also connected to the church yeah so it's that's odd, and you know, yeah. like,
2: like um, I mean,
0: whether that's a good thing, I don't. know. I don't know. Or I don't really it's know. It's kind of a, a way thing. of the system staying in in, in power, or or, it's all, or kind of not being easily hijacked, which I suppose you could say is a positive. Could be a negative because it means
2: things don't really change. It's, it's sort of, but it's it's a kind of stabilising force, I suppose you could say. It kind of it also is ideological. It's sort of interesting to see where different uh, constitutional systems come from. And the idea of the republic, like the French one, is, is very much maybe rooted in that the, the sort of rationalism and that's sort of from the Enlightenment. And there's a sh- separation between church and state. And the, the rationalism being that Essentially, there's no reason why um, um, a, a, a royal family should rule, no. and the the and whereas um, what we've got, essentially at the heart of it, there is a sort of odd connection with religion still, and well, they're kind of tied
0: into the royal family, yeah. And
2: but the the yeah the the queen is as well as being, let's say, the commander of, in chief. The queen is also the head of the Church of England as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's I mean,
2: yeah, it's I don't know if this is all 100% accurate. Are you pretty confident about this? I'm pretty confident about this. Yeah. You've got the Archbishop of Canterbury who is the sort of um the one who 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 is the sort of in charge, but the figurehead of the Church of England is also yeah. the queen. Yeah. So, um what was I saying? What was I, Oh yeah, so this goes back to the idea of, I suppose, like um, the divine right of kings. This is like goes way back, yeah. all the way. Like when I think, you know, when I talk to my wife about this, who's French and obviously you know yeah. comes from a different uh, point of view. Uh, although she loves the royal family, she finds it fascinating. When I talk to her about this, I kind of think, but you know, who decided that these family this family would mm-hmm. be the the top? Well, of the,
0: I'm sure of they the, did the, somewhere down the line.
2: Yeah, but it's it's essentially where does that power actually come from. And if you really drill down into it, uh the idea is that the queen is close closer to god than us ordinary yeah, mortals. I mean that's some that's basically
0: one of the ne- negatives for me or something that I'd find uncomfortable about it, that implication that they're just better people than we are. They're closer to god, they're just more important, they're better. Yeah. And when you And it's like, well, hang on. You Who know, the flip are they anyway? And it, you know they—they're they're just the people that have been in power for a long time. But yeah, that I don't necessarily believe. Well, I don't. I definitely don't believe there's such a thing as divine rights or anything. They've just the people in power chose that phrase and made up the rules.
2: Yeah, when you look around the world and you look at different civilizations and you look at the different sort of power structures that have emerged in those places, I'm talking about any ev- anywhere really. Often what happens is that the person, the emperor or the whoever it is, the king or whatever, the one who's in charge, finds a narrative. They create this myth, which is what they use to maintain their power. And the myth somehow... Uh, is that they have a, they have access to God that we don't have. And this is also true of the heads of religions and things, that they have some kind of access that we don't have and that they are somehow similar in some way. They're closer to God, not just in terms of the relationship, but they are different to us. They are of a yeah. higher order than us. And yeah. uh, I, um, Jeremy Paxman, who wrote a book about, about the royal family, said that in inter- interviewing and researching and stuff, he believes that the Queen does actually believe that she has, um, what is it, uh, a direct sort of um, blessing from God or something. Mm. That's what it's based on. What the, um, It's the, um, the royal covenant. It's right. a, a sort, sort of contract with God, which is to say that she has the right, the royal family have the right to be in this position because yeah. they... Uh, have a sort of an agreement with God in some way.
0: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sit well with me. No, I mean... (laughs) My rational brain is saying, no, no, hang on, hang on, no. As
2: I was saying, this sort of system has been used as a way of maintaining power in many places and many unconnected places in the world. So it's just a normal sort of way that human power structures are created and maintained uh, through myth you know we went quite deep quite quickly didn't we we did <laughs> we did but we can come back and get more sort of down to earth about this um, how did we get there I don't remember I started out as oh, yeah
0: my, my uh, army thing
2: your theory that the, that this a good thing about the royal family is that they form a sort of check or well, balance against the uh, potential military uh, power of the government it's just something that I thought of I'm not saying
0: it's necessarily a good thing or yeah. a bad thing I, just something I've noticed I suppose it's a good thing that there's this kind of barrier between mm. but then again the royal family aren't elected and, uh, and the, the government are but then again elections are very flawed as we know yeah there are lots of elections that go on especially the system that we have which is a first past the post system Yeah, Which is not... uh, I think it's done by ward or by council ward. So instead of one vote meaning one vote, your vote is meaningless if your borough is already Labour, like mine, for instance. Mm -hmm. Assuming I voted Labour, because Lambeth is already Labour, it doesn't really contribute to anything nationally because it's just counting what's who wins in your area and then adding up all the areas. Yeah. It's not direct. It's not one man represent. one vote or yeah. one woman one vote. It's yeah. just like within your area you get your vote
2: but it, it it's not the same as everyone having a, an equal vote. Or what you get is when when let's say everyone votes and it's it's 20% this party, 30% this party and um or if and ten percent this party, and then forty percent this other party. For the, the party with forty percent gets gets to make up the government. Whereas yeah. in a proportional representation situation, you end up with a government made up of like uh,
0: MPs an, from a, other parties yeah, as well. But
2: it would be forty percent these people, ten percent these people, twenty percent these people, and thirty percent these people would have to work together. You know, sounds
0: confusing, but then but again, it's probably better than.
2: That's proportional. A party,
0: a party that didn't actually get the majority still ruling.
2: Yeah, because in, in that in our system, you get a forty percent party who have the majority, but sixty percent of the people didn't vote for them. So they they suddenly represent everyone. You know. Um, yeah, completely. So lots of people say that this system is flawed. And also we've seen, of course, like uh, apparent elections or fair elections are just fake and um, compromised. And people say, oh, yes, we've been and this person is elected when they're obviously not because there's complete corruption going on.
0: You're talking about not talking about here specifically.
2: Though. Not talking about here. I'm talking about many other places where yeah. uh, elections are just bullshit. So
0: They can easily be manipulated
2: completely. Yeah, um, but so your your point there was yeah that the uh, military can essentially work for the queen, which is somehow good. Uh, but going back to what Mum said, her her point was that actually the the, the royal family will happily repeat anything that government tells them. That they, they won't. They won't stand up to the government. Yeah, they actually say they'll just do what the government tells them to do, hmm. and that includes. In, as my mum said lies government lies
0: as far as she I don't know what I, she's
2: specifically talking about yeah there. but there are the, I mean the, at this government is well known for lying I would stand uh, I, yeah. but I'd back my mum up with, yeah. on that one I think that the Boris, the Boris Johnson's government is rife with lying and mistruth and stuff like that oh, yeah, and, and we obviously can say that uh, thankfully we can say that on this podcast, that we think that Boris Johnson is has no integrity and often lies. That's fine. Mm-hmm. We can say that. Um, and then she said, um, so, yeah, the government, uh, the royals will just repeat the things that the, the government writes in the state opening of parliament. And then she added, although uh, this year the Queen chose to chose not to do it and that Charles did it and when he was doing it he looked very unhappy. (laughs) I don't think this means he's just unhappy in his life but I think he probably didn't really feel good about just repeating this statement written by the government. He probably was reluctant. Uh, But did he do anything about it? No, he didn't. He just looked miserable. Um, And she also accepted other things like the proroguing of parliament which is like a... um, when Boris Johnson basically shuts down the government... Um, exercising maybe unreasonable levels of executive control. And the Queen didn't stand up and to that either. she didn't stand up to that. No. So uh, when, at what point would the royal family step yeah, in? Yeah, uh, You know, um, it, interesting. Debatable. Uh, Dad wrote this. He said, I say keep the royals. Um, look at all the awful presidents. He's got a point. Um, And he said, I prefer the extraordinary soap opera and it's good for tourism. So, I mean, if we talk about the pros and cons of the monarchy, often when we talk about the pros, one of the main points is like, well, it's better than the other alternatives, that having a president isn't necessarily a better arrangement. And that includes the cost and it includes Basically who would we get instead and why would that necessarily be better? Sure, they might be democratically elected, although we know that elections can be flawed in many ways, but would the would a president be better? It's better in principle, but in practice would it well, be better? Yeah,
0: you wouldn't have that thing that I was talking about if you you know, if you had a president they'd just have direct access to the military. I don't know where I'm going with this really. Um Yeah, I see his point. Um, And he mentions it's good for tourism. I mean, that seems like a bit of a weak reason to keep on such a massive institution.
2: Especially when you consider France, which is a republic, um, and millions of tourists visit France, and they visit the Chateau of Versailles. We've we've got the London Eye. We've got Madame (laughs) Tussauds. We We don't need a royal family. But the thing is that if we got rid of the royal family, Buckingham Palace would still be... It would become a public building. All of those things would become, I suppose, unless we let them stay there privately just strip them of their powers and let them live there but I suppose Buckingham Palace would suddenly become a public museum
0: I mean that's what I uh, another negative for me the fact that we, we as taxpayers pay for all this dripping wealth and pageantry out of our money you know the the. I mean they're not supposed to have their own private wealth but of course they do and they cover it up quite often and don't pay tax on it and the amount of money that it must cost to run all these this massive institution. You know, I'm sure there could be... You know, we could have a couple of castles back, couldn't we? And uh, yeah, give them back to the nation, turn them into national trust buildings.
2: I don't know. Uh, apparently the amount of money it costs per person per year is actually yeah. very small. It's, it's something like a pound or less per person a year. And again, looking at France, um, every year they have a huge military parade for the 14th of July. And, you know, it's it's not free to run a, a presidency. No, absolutely not. You know, they have to do all of that, sort of those st- official state ceremonies and all that stuff too. Yeah. Presidents live in, in the luxurious properties. They've got houses. They've got security, you know. So it's still costly.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, they do seem to be popular with tourists, but it still doesn't seem to me to be a very strong reason. If that's your best... so it's good for tourism, well... Yeah,
2: but that's Mm. you know that's not nothing. It's not nothing. That's a large. It's it's a large part of the economy. To be fair, Um, (laughs) would would tourists come to the UK if the if if we didn't have a king, and they they would come and visit Buckingham Palace? I think maybe the appeal is that the Queen is is there. She's in the building or she's nearby. That it's an ongoing concern rather than picking around someone's house that they don't live in. I've actually
0: don't tell anyone. I've actually skateboarded in Buckingham Palace fountain. What? The fountains the Victoria in the front.
2: The Victoria Memorial.
0: Yeah. It, really. It's got a fountain with uh, banked sides, like a bit like a small swimming pool. Yeah. And when it's empty, you can go in and skate it. <laughs> and I saw a photo of someone doing that in about 1989. I think it was Will Bankhead in yeah. Ra- Rad magazine. Hold on. Hold on. I've got a buzzing sound. Are you buzzing? Someone's buzzing. Okay. It's not buzzing anymore. Um, you're supposed to say, no, I've only had a couple of beers. <laughs> um and I've always thought it was a really cool photo. He's doing a kind of grind, and you can see the Buckingham Palace in the background. So I went in
2: there one night with my friend, and we skated it. Some people will be shocked. They'll, they'll consider that to be uh, highly... The, dis- police, the police saw us, and they didn't say anything. They really? didn't seem to give a shit.
0: Really? But then some other people I know were doing it, and they got chased down the street by the police and bollocked. Bollocked,
2: meaning told off, shouted <laughs> told at. off,
0: shouted at by um, by police officers. So don't do that, people. Yeah, kids. I got away with it, but you won't because you're, you're not as lucky as me. Yeah, um, but I wonder if I've got a photo of it somewhere. You could put it on the page,
2: perhaps. Perhaps. Anyway, my wife. I sh- probably should give her opinion. I don't think she sh- has. She written something. Hold on. There are some more texts coming in on WhatsApp here. Uh, let's see what's. Uh, Okay. Mum says she's looking forward to hearing it. My wife says she loves the real-life drama and the and the glamorous wives. And it's much more interesting than our boring president, she says, as a French person. But I hate the fact that the royals have privilege, privileges by blood. It's awful. And Dad continues, actually. He said, I called it a soap opera which you will have to explain a soap opera is just like a drama that you see on tv that never ever ends
0: it's called a soap opera because the early ones were sponsored by soap companies in america
2: they was just there to sell soap to housewives and stuff um so like a kind of long-running drama a family drama that never ends and he said he called it the soap opera because of their unique fame and their lifestyles pageantry this is like those sorts of uh, processions and parades and things, weddings, the abdication of George's older brother. This is going back a couple of generations. Uh, the queen's f- uncle, uh, um, Edward, um, abdicated, uh, because he wanted to marry a divorced Catholic American woman. And so he, he said, oh, I don't want to be king. And it was a huge drama. It, listeners who've, you know, if you've seen The the Crown, the Netflix series, I did do an episode about this with my wife. We talked about The Crown. We talked about The Monarchy. Uh, You can listen to it that one as well. Um, So dad is saying the pageantry, the weddings, the abdication of George's older brother that suddenly makes Elizabeth in line. Who would believe the Diana story? Mm, Dad, I have to say, I mean, sure, it's an entertaining story and stuff, but Diana actually lived that story, and that maybe that was unnecessary. And let's not forget how she, you know, ha- what happened there with Diana, that maybe all of that could have been avoided. That poor Diana suffered so, so much, maybe because of this entire system. So we talk about it like it's a soap opera, but these are human beings too. And I think that's actually another point that I listed, is that maybe the royal family is not good for the individual royals themselves. And again, we've seen that in the TV show The Crown, that it's in some ways it's it's a miserable existence being a monarch, especially if you're not the queen, if you're the queen's sister, or if you are... um, Like Charles's divorced wife, or one of the other peripheral members, or if you are members of the family who the royals have kept hidden for whatever reason, maybe it's not that fun for them. So anyway, Windsor Castle on fire. (laughs) This is one of the pros of the economy of the uh, monarchy. Harry walks out because they can't accept his brown American wife. Luke, you could use the dum 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 East Enders cliffhanger music. That's just the music they play. at at the end of a, every episode of a soap opera in the uk i think dad's just trying to
0: bring out some of the drama dramatic aspects
2: of the story there he says it's all nonsense of course but i think life would be less colorful if we lived in a republic um perhaps dad perhaps you've got a point um so that's like some family opinions Shall we quickly go through some of the for and against yeah 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 so in terms of the four side of things. Yeah, maybe it's good for tourism, it's good for the economy. It, the, the The big arguments really are it's a question of unity and continuity. So especially the Queen, and it's the Queen's Jubilee. And a lot of people have been pointing out that the Queen has done an amazing job. Now, one of the comments I saw online was someone saying this, I disagree with the monarchy, but I think the Queen has done a fantastic job which doesn't make sense to me. How can you disagree with the monarchy and say that she's done a good job? Oh, they just did say it. But I think what they mean is that people respect the fact that the Queen has sort of carried on. She's kept calm and carried on for 70 years and that she hasn't sort of... If you look at some other monarchs from other countries who've done fairly despicable and controversial things, the Queen has managed to... What? Weather the storm. Yeah, and she's managed to avoid doing anything really stupid or foolish. Um, do you want to say something? No, but the fact that she's she's maintained, she's served the country 70 years of unbroken service, and she has been a sort of consistent uh, figurehead through many decades, through many changes in the country's history, f- through World War Two, and all sorts of other... Uh, thing she she's seen so many different prime ministers, and the fact that she's still there connects us, connects the people to our nation's history, and that there's something important about that. I mean, we talk about nationalism and how we don't like it and flag waving and stuff, but at the same time, it is important for, in some regard, for the spirit of the nation, for the sort of Nash- like, national identity. Yeah. It's it can be pushed too far where it's used as a as a, uh, a sort of propaganda tool, but at the same time, it can be quite good for people to feel that they live in a meaningful uh, context.
0: Uh, I suppose.
2: No. Yeah, I guess
0: I'd, I'm still on the. Fa- I'm a bit like you. I still I see all the arguments. I I do fall more on the negative side, but at the same time, I'm not like let's cut the heads off with guillotines. Um, yeah. Just a couple of inches off the top. You said that, didn't
2: you? If we shouldn't cut their heads off, we should just prune them slightly. <laughs> maybe give them a little little trim. But I think that when when we talk about this, the the, the question is always, should we abolish the monarchy? It's not going to happen. To get off the fence, I don't think it's a question of abolishing the monarchy. And it's like, leave them as they are, or just get rid of them completely and chop their heads off. It's not as extreme as that. I think that there are probably, there's a middle ground where maybe you... Uh, keep uh, the monarch, but you kind of—I don't know—maybe reduce some of the, make it smaller, basically, and uh, like a lot of the peripheral royals are not really necessary, and they sh- maybe they shouldn't be funded and put up in massive houses. Yeah, they shouldn't be, the expense of the of the populace. The privilege, the levels of privilege, should be maybe reduced to just the 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 you know, the immediate family. Just a council flat. Just get rid of Prince Andrew, basically.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's another... We've got, we've got him to talk about if you, if you want to we'll go there. We'll come
2: back to Prince Andrew later, all right? And we'll maybe just close with some controversial things about that. I mean, he's, the con- he's the controversial one. What we're going to say isn't controversial. No, no. Anyway, that's that's another th- bit for later. Uh, what I said before, other options might not be better, so we just keep the monarchy because the other options aren't any better. Separation between government and the armed forces, as you mentioned, in theory, and you know the soap opera. People love the queen. They love the fact that she doesn't make any political statements uh, uh, outwardly. Although maybe her existence is a political statement in itself. Yeah. Um, okay. And in terms of the against, Unelected, maybe you can right? sort of expand yeah, on something. Yeah, I of mean, they're just, in power, they're just empowered. They're just there. elected
0: like right? No one gets to choose. They're just, but there. We, we've always been here. We always will. You're our subjects. We're uh, we're the rulers. So there. Yeah. And I think the family's actually German Greek or something. They're going back. Go back far enough.
2: Philip was Greek. This well, Philip, Philip was Greek. Of that edition of the family. Philip so was Greek. This this yeah. sort of what? Edition of the family. Because <laughs> we've had various different versions, very thinly connected to each other. This one is yeah, they're originally German. So it comes from like Prince Albert, who was Victoria's um husband. He he came from Germany. But yeah, the family has its origins in the yeah, in, in the in Germany, yeah. Um mm-hmm. We've also had du- we have had Dutch monarchs, we've had French monarchs, yeah. Scottish. Although that obviously is Britain. Um, Colin, what other points? What, have we what got? other points? Uh, the implication that they're just better than us, which maybe maintains a certain level of privilege and uh, class divide and inequality.
0: It just doesn't mean for a, a sort of equal society. If if in, embedded into the whole constitution is the fact that these people are better than you it's not a great start if you want equality. Yeah. Um,
2: what kind of message really is that sending out to yeah. to the nation? Yeah. Okay. Um, that Maybe they are just tools of the establishment as we've mentioned before and...
0: Their whole existence is to keep things the same.
2: To maintain the status quo. Make sure growing.
0: nothing changes and the, the right people stay at the top.
2: Yeah. To maintain the, this present power structure and to keep which could be good or bad,
0: you know, because it's bad if you say, well, I don't like it, I want to change it, and it's bad, but it's good if some other people who are crazy and violent say we want to change it really quickly yeah. into something worse, then I suppose that's a good thing, so... <laughs>
2: If you're, a cons- if you're a Conservative, basically the Royal Family are good because they keep things the way they are. If you're a Progressive, you might think the Royal Family are bad because we need to have a more enlightened view of, of our Constitution and one which is more democratic and fair and not based on these sort of very old and outmoded ideas. Yeah, You know, that's probably the crux of it. Um, other, other things. Um, monarchy still holds Royal Prerogative which grants the Prime Minister powers, such as the ability to declare war. Um, Okay. Uh, The expense, as we've said before, um, the unaccountability, and is it good for the individual members itself? So can I just also reference a couple of articles?
0: Yeah, please do. Anything with actual facts in it would be good, as opposed to our cheap
2: opinion. What do the what do the Brits think of the Royals? This is an article from theweek.co.uk, which is a sort of s- summary of different news stories uh, from the week. The t- today's big question, this was from the 7th of April of last year. So this is a year ago. Things might have changed in that time. But a year ago, it was all about Meghan and Harry. And they were getting a lot of bad press in the... Right-wing establishment uh, newspapers like the Daily Mail, Daily Telegraph, even the Times. So anyway, this story. The royal family has faced drama after drama over the past few years, before the world pandemic was even thrown into the mix. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex – that's Meghan and Harry – or Harry and Meghan, rocked the institution by quitting their senior roles and leaving the country last year, which took some of the focus away from Prince Andrew's links to disgraced sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Almost two million people watched the Duke of York being interviewed on Newsnight in November 2019 in what was later described as a car crash interview, That's one where he was basically denying that he had committed uh, sex abuse offences, basically. Not very convincingly. Yeah, incredibly
0: unconvincingly. Yeah, Uh, whoever advised him. In fact, I think he was advised not to do it, and he did it anyway, didn't he? I
2: understood that he did the interview without even asking the Queen. So it's basically, did you do these alleged offences? And he said, no.
0: Like that, he came out with some ridiculous things. Like, I actually technically can't sweat because of what happened to me in the Falklands.
2: We have to, we're gonna to have to come back to this. Which I? doctors
0: said that's not really physically possible.
2: And he, he and said, he, he said, also
0: said, I was in Pizza Express in woking the nights of in question, which is just a very strange thing to say.
2: There, there's, there's other things we've got to come back to that. Let me just finish this. So, um, uh, the car crash interview, but the the numbers paled in comparison to the 12.4 million viewers who watched Harry and Meghan's interview with Oprah Winfrey last month. There have been car crashes and hospital stays for Prince Philip. This was written before he he died. Uh, Covid diagnosis for Prince Charles and Prince William and persistent rumours about family feuds. In brighter news for the family, uh, blah, blah, blah. Let me see. Let uh, me uh, what do people think of Meghan and Harry? A Delta poll survey for the Daily Mirror found that just over half of the 1,590 British adults questioned thought that Harry and Meghan had damaged the reputation of the royal family. So basically, this, just over half of people think that Harry and Meghan are, are a bad thing. It's a bit like Brexit, really. 52% probably.
0: And I bet a much higher percentage don't
2: care either way. Probably... Uh da-da-da-da-da. Younger people are more sympathetic to them. Okay, I need to switch to another article here. Um, Hold on. Uh, Young people want to ditch the royals. This is from uh, Reuters, and it was um, published uh, on the 21st of May, so very recent. Um, young people in Britain no longer think the country should keep the monarchy, and, uh, and more now want an elected head of state with their mood souring over the last couple of years, a poll on, pride, on Friday showed. A poll is how you measure public opinion. It's like a survey. The British monarchy traces its history back to William the Conqueror, who invaded England from Normandy in 1066, Normandy in France. Uh, Although royals ruled the patchwork of kingdoms, which stretched across what became England, Scotland and Wales for centuries before that. We had many, many kings um, before William the Conqueror. They stretch back into almost like time when we don't have any historical records. Um, According to the survey on YouGov... 41% 41% of those aged 18 to 24 thought there should now be an elected head of state compared to 31% who wanted a king or queen. That was a reversal of sentiment from two years ago when 46% preferred the monarchy to 26% who wanted it replaced. However, overall, the survey had better news for Queen Elizabeth, 95 years old. Uh, is she 96? this year? No, 95. And the royal family, with 61% favouring the monarchy, this is overall, not just young people, while just under a quarter thought it should be replaced with an elected figure. So there you go. I mean, it's hard to judge public opinion, but it looks like about um, 75% of the country thinks that we should keep the monarchy.
0: Were there any other options? Should be replaced with a public figure or replaced with... A Mars bar <laughs> replaced yeah. with
2: fish and chips,
0: fish and chips for everyone.
2: Yeah. I think free
0: fish and chips for a year.
2: Monarchy. No monarchy. Free, free fish and chips for a year. Everyone <laughs> would vote free fish and chips for a year. Um, so anyway, anyway, the, the most popular Royals, um, who's, who do you think is the most popular one, James?
0: I'm going to say, what's the older son called? um,
2: William, William, he's the most popular of all of them. Oh, the Queen. The Queen, yeah. The Queen is the most popular. Queen is, so this is uh, levels of favourability. So how much people like them. So the Queen has a, a favorability rating of 69. This is like top trumps. <laughs> it is. The Queen's got 69. Uh, she's the top of the list. Uh, the reasons are that she's a good representative of Britain on the world stage... She unites people across the country. Having been known to the public for her whole life and a head of state for 70 years, it's not a surprise that Queen Elizabeth II is currently Britain's favourite member of the royal family, said the polling firm. Second in, in the list, you think it's William, do you? William. It's William with with a uh, rating of 59 points. William is second in line uh, to the throne. Uh, so there's obviously the Queen, then Prince Charles, then then William. He's, he is... Also second in terms of popularity. He remains far more popular than his father, Prince Charles. The British public tend to think both princes will make good kings if they become, you know, if they ascend to the throne. But there is significantly more confidence in William than Charles, said the Daily Mail. Who's in third place?
0: Could be Harry, but he's seen as a bit... Of a quitter,
2: so probably not.
0: I think Charles,
2: you think it's Charles? Well, it's of course it's
0: um Kate, isn't it? Oh, she's a royal, yeah. Queen she's, Kate, but she's not like on in the bloodline. Well, no, she's in but there, she's man. in there. She, she's yeah, oh, Kate, I mean, Kate, Kate Middleton, Kate's, Kate's, Kate's perfect in every
2: way, yeah. Well, according to the Daily Mail, yeah, yeah. Um. The Duchess of Cambridge follows the Queen and her husband on the list as her popularity has rocketed over the past year. I know what everyone is thinking now. The question is, do you think that they should skip Charles and just go straight to William and Kate because everyone seems to prefer them?
0: No, give Charles a go. He's you been waiting long enough.
2: That's not going to happen, listeners, right? They're not going to just skip Charles because people think he's a bit weird. I want to see a King Charles tenor. Ten pound note yeah. with Charles on the front. Yeah, and the coins. You know what? I'm sure that the Australians will not want to have Charles on their money. There's no way Australians or other... Don't they like him? No, nah, I'm sure they don't like him that much.
0: Or is it just it's going to be a reminder that they're still ruled technically by a British royal family? Is Obvi- that going to... Lots, obviously just a lots. little another little dig, like...
2: Well, the the Commonwealth, right? This is the Commonwealth now, the Commonwealth of Nations. A lot of those countries have the Queen as their head of state. I remember when I got to New Zealand. I think the... Oh,
0: no, she's not... Or is she? Yeah, she is, yeah. She's on the money. I was like, what the... What's she doing there? Haven't you got, like, a... You know, like, a flightless bird or something you could put on there?
2: (laughs) (laughs) She is got... um, Well, I was going to say she is a flightless bird, but that's not... That doesn't make... That doesn't make sense, does it? Um, She can't fly. Anyway, uh... So, yeah, the Commonwealth is another thing that I wonder, like, slowly but surely, the Commonwealth nations find it less and less important to have, the, have that connection. Although, she's, she's, I mean, they still bring big crowds when the royals
0: go to places like Jamaica and stuff. Loads of people turn up and wave and, you know.
2: But didn't William and, and Kate visit um, an island in the Caribbean recently and the, the visit was cancelled because people didn't really want them there? I missed that story, yeah. but it's,
0: I can believe it, yeah.
2: So the Commonwealth, I, I mean, I'd be surprised. There's another another question which we don't have time to talk about, is what will happen when the Queen dies? Um,
0: well, a portal will open to the next level dimension. Yeah. Um, strange creatures will emerge from this portal. <laughs> <Part of> the, <laughs> the aliens will arrive. Yeah, well, they're not aliens. They're, they're the, the, the old ones. Huh?
2: <laughs> what are you talking about I'm talking bollocks, <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking complete bollocks. Um, anyway, it'll be it'll be like Doctor Who. It's it'll really be a bit be. like Doctor Who. Yeah. So Doctor Who is a long-running English TV series, British TV series, and uh, the character of the Doctor. He regenerates, so when he dies or she dies, they regenerate and become a new one. And it's kind of like what happens with the, what's going to happen with the queen. She's going to essentially regenerate and become Prince Charles. going to go
0: I've got the record on vinyl, dun-da-dun, actually. Dun-da-dun,
2: dun-da-dun, 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 Brilliant music. So uh, Kate's a very popular one. As well as carrying out royal duties, she has dedicated her time to supporting a number of charitable causes and organisations.
0: And she's well fit, yeah. You think you th- she's beautiful, isn't she? She's a good looking girl, isn't she? She is, yeah. Woman, sorry. Yeah. No, she is. looking woman. Can't deny it, she does look good. But she's not a proper royal. She's just a, a commoner. Yeah. She married a royal. Her
2: mum and dad owned, like, a joke shop or something,
0: didn't they? <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them. What anyway, Basically, I don't know. I don't a, a know parents, anything about her. A
2: parents middle-class business people, and sh- they got her into a good school, and she was ambitious, and she got her way into a good position. and So, interesting story, though, isn't it? Is it is kind of
0: rare that someone from, not from the really upper classes she's not an aristocrat she's not an aristo yeah which is probably a kind of clever move of theirs and 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 probably a good thing yeah also keeps the uh, the bloodline a bit stronger because it was probably a little bit inbred before (laughs) there's only so many families doing the rounds and uh you start to get quite strange looking people in the upper upper society they need to introduce some fresh blood to the system every now and then
2: that does go back to kind of what I was saying before, which is that the royal family is not a system based on science. It's not a system based on the, the scientific enlightenment, is it? And and what we know about genetics from scientific um, studies, which is that ultimately we know that... The wider the gene pool, the better, basically. The, the wider the gene pool results in a stronger sort of yeah. person. And you get
0: more problems when there's a smaller gene pool.
2: Exactly, if you just... Uh, stick to your own right if you if you only uh you know if families only reproduce within in a close sort of community uh then that doesn't result in stronger uh, genes ultimately no.
0: i mean eventually the chin almost disappears entirely and uh, <laughs> there's many side effects but that's the most obvious one
2: yeah so bringing Kate in was maybe a good idea on, the, <laughs> on, just on a purely scientific basis. But also quite interesting that a, a non-aristocratic person is now in the, in the arrangement. And hasn't she done well? Uh, who's next? After, after these guys. So the Queen, William, Kate, who is in fourth position. It's quite a surprising one, actually. Like oh, Kate's got uh, how many points? 55 points. Princess Anne. Kate is just two points below her her husband. It's not Princess Anne, it's Prince Edward. Um, Which one's he? So he's the fourth and youngest of the Queen's children. I'm trying to visualise him, I can't even remember what he looks like. This is him. Generic Windsor. Oh, that one. He he, he keeps his head down. That's why he's popular. That's the thing, that's why the Queen's popular, because she hasn't ever said anything. She's never said anything that would make people upset with her. Apart from, at this
0: time of year... My mind is sent back to...
2: thoughts of family. Thoughts of
0: family and Christian values.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's all she ever says. She never actually says anything that would be meaningful enough for people to hate her for it. That is her achievement. That and staying alive. She just sort of looks stoic. Yeah. Stoicism and survival. I mean, God save the Queen. That's her job. Long live the Queen. Uh, I mean, we say this in a very glib way. We are being the glib brothers. Here, Not the Gib brothers from um, the Bee Gees, but the Glib brothers. That's our nickname. So we're being a bit glib about this. The Queen is actually... I think she's not in the greatest of health at the moment.
0: She's pulled out of tomorrow's ceremony, which is in her honour. So she, why... She, it's like not turning up to your own birthday party. You, you've got yeah. to be ill for that to happen. Yeah. She's not making any public appearances. So, um, I mean... On a personal basis, who knows what she's really like I mean you kind of see pictures of her she's been with us since before you know since we were born she's always been there yeah she's you know you see her face every day she's a kind of like the nation's mum almost yeah um but why is she really like really really is she a nice person is she yeah. an unpleasant person is she deluded is she like in a sort of bubble to the extent she doesn't know what reality is or is she actually very down to earth
2: we don't know she supported Prince Andrew she paid yeah. for his court uh, you yeah. know the the settlement
0: no yeah we've talked about that a little bit but uh, i'm sure lots of people know all about this but, yeah, but they paid it- off the uh the claimant of this court case to the tune of was it 12 million pounds
2: i don't know it was a lot it's in that region I don't know if it's twelve million. It was uh, I can check, get but I'm some not going to. Oh, do you want me to? So okay, let's so, we'll talk about Andrew in a second. Okay, Prince Edward.
0: Anyway, but just that we keep coming back to that because yeah. it's a kind of a sticking point when you try and defend the monarchy, you say, but look at this. Yeah. And it's a kind of indif- and also noticeably
2: he's absent from the ceremonies this weekend because he's got COVID. They said he's got COVID, but very co- very coincidental. Since he is a major national embarrassment especially for the monarchy, it's quite convenient that he's got COVID. It doesn't I mean, mean that someone gave him COVID, but it's, I don't believe it. I don't think he's got COVID. I think they're hiding it. I him. mean, they know if
0: he came out on the balcony, there would be massive boos. Everyone would everyone be everyone in the, Even royalists don't
2: like it. I mean, how could you? How could anyone? Well, some people defend him. Yeah. Because they believe that he didn't do it. Not many, though. Not many But if,
0: Okay, if he didn't do it, why did he... Do the massive payoff. Why did he pay? I mean the woman that's off? basically admission of guilt. And the Archbishop of Canterbury came out the other day saying, We should forgive Prince Andrew.
2: This is the head of, the, the, the leader of the Church of England. And we I should...
0: thought, well, in order to be forgiven, don't you have to admit guilt first?
2: Right. Okay. You, know, you have
0: to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. You we... don't say I didn't do anything wrong, please forgive me. You yeah. It's one or the other. If you want to be forgiven, you've got to admit guilt, That's as so far as I'm concerned. So come forward and admit your guilt on live TV, and we'll think about forgiving him.
2: Hold on, right. So Andrew was um, accused of sex offences. He went on TV and said, I didn't do it. He his The interview was extraordinary, because it seemed so obvious that... Well, I don't know... All right, what, can we say he was lying? It looked like well, it. Well,
0: we can say it that... It looked like it. For it was me, very it, suspicious. it seemed like uh, the kind of arrogance of someone who's used to, to people... Agreeing with everything you say And believing everything you say And deferring to you very much Yeah Um, So to me it looked like someone who wasn't used to being Questioned or disbelieved Or not just taken at their word Yes And
2: I Everyone
0: seems to think it was a crazy crazy interview
2: When you look at some of the answers he gave And you read between the lines Essentially a lot of the time What he was saying was was like, um, look, you know, uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm Prince Andrew, so you know, uh, guys, uh, y- you know, it, like a lot of that was him just reminding us that he was Prince Andrew and s- saying some ridiculous things, like for example, I'm I'm basically too honourable to to have done these things. Um, Edward's got 27 a point, a rating of 27. After that is Prince Charles with a rating of only 19. Um, in terms of the negative figures. Um, uh, Harry is, is at minus 26. And Meghan is at minus 42. So apparently no one really likes them at the moment. Right, okay. We're free to talk about Andrew. Um, Let's wrap it up fairly soon, okay. I think. quotes from Andrew uh, Andrew interview. And I'll quickly say, I mean, as far as
0: the Epstein thing, I don't want to go into it, but there's a documentary about the Maxwell family. Yeah. And Gisane Maxwell, as we know, is going to court about this, Mm -hmm. and she was the daughter of the newspaper tycoon um, Robert Maxwell. Yeah. There's a documentary about that, and the stuff that they revealed about Epstein was way worse than I was expecting. Really? I don't know what I was expecting, but I feel like it was almost been downplayed how bad it was. I don't want to go into it. It's horrible. Mm. But, um, anyone associated with that guy... Uh, it 's it's, it's,
2: it's just appalling it 's absolutely horrible really yeah he was he 's a, con- a convicted sex trafficker and sex offender right and and conveniently and died in jail he died in jail and the uh, many people believe that he was probably assassinated because of his connections to many people in very high positions of power, including bill clinton donald trump uh, Bill Gates. And a number of other people. It's extremely shady and very, very disturbing that there seem to be this network of people. We don't know who, you know, to what extent. Everyone of these people were involved, but we're talking about prostitution of underage girls, right? It's let's just not go on. No, no, that's enough to say about that. But then
0: that's 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 putting it mildly. I'll say
2: it was worse than that. But let's go on. Yeah, okay. We don't know, but that's what you got that's the impression you got from that documentary was that it was a lot worse than that and so Andrew, the, someone came out uh, and said that Andrew had um, basically that she'd been forced to have sex with him that he had done basically uh, accused him of sexual uh, abuse right he
0: denied ever meeting her and then later on she was paid off to go away well, A huge amount of money. After
2: she took him to court, instead of going through the court litigation and having all of that essentially become public information, he chose to just pay her off with... I don't know how much it was. Um, hold on. How much did Andrew have to pay? Right? Or it was the Queen that actually paid it, I believe. Family money. Family It was described as family money, but essentially the Queen paid. Now, we don't know whether that was the Queen's personal finances or whether it was public money. We don't know. Possibly we paid her. We paid the girl who um, accused Andrew of, of uh, these sex offences. Does it say the amount there? Uh, this is thetimes.co.uk. Family money funds Prince Andrew's settlement with Virginia uh, Gouffray. The Duke of New York has paid the money, estimated to be about £10 million, pounds to complete his out-of-court settlement. And the civil case that threatened to overshadow the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrations. £10 million. Pounds.
0: So possibly... We're not, you know, we don't know, but it's a very handy coincidence that he's not able to attend this weekend because Boris Johnson, when he stepped out of his car at um, yesterday. St. Paul's yesterday, was booed by a large section of the boo! crowd. That's booing to boo. Boo! And so he's actually more popular than Prince Andrew. So. Oh, far more popular. So imagine the response he might have got if he'd had stepped out of the car and they just... That would have
2: been unthinkable for the royals. This is the Evening Standard. Uh, Prince Andrew has spoken out about his links with disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein, or Epstein, for the first time and denied having sex with a teenager in 2001. The Duke of York's much anticipated appearance on BBC's Newsnight to defend his reputation saw him admit that he did not regret his friendship with Epstein. That was the other thing. Now, if he hadn't done it, right? If he didn't do it, if he hadn't done it, then um, what he should have done was say, I didn't do this. And in fact, I was shocked to discover these allegations about Epstein. I never knew uh, that that he was like this. And all I want to say is that my thoughts go out to the victims of him and that uh, I'm racked with guilt with guilt in just being associated with him. And uh, I want to make these people know that uh, I'm setting up a foundation for uh, uh, people who've been subject to to sexual... But he didn't do any of that. He didn't... Not even a hint of it. He offered no regret uh, being friends with Epstein. Nothing. So he also... he said, I'm too honourable. That's why I stayed friends with him. He said, yeah, the reason I stayed friends with him is because I'm too honourable suggesting that he's he's not the sort of person who could, uh, b- like, uh, break off a friend... Well, I don't understand that. What does that mean? I'm too honourable to stop being friends with him. What could that possibly mean? Don't know. That he's too nice. He couldn't have... He didn't want to say to him, look, fuck you, Jeffrey. Uh, you're a scumbag, I didn't realise. So, you know, screw you. I, I'm out. You're dead to me now. That he's too honourable to say that. That's what he suggested. That it, he that because he's too honourable. Well, yeah, this
0: has taken a kind of a dark turn, but I think this is um, where the molecule becomes kind of indefensible in this instance.
2: I do not regret friendship with Epstein. Um, some of the other things he said. Um... Like, so so when it came out that Jeffrey Epstein was being convicted for these crimes, what did Prince Andrew do? He didn't just call him and say, yeah, Jeffrey, yeah, you're, you're a scumbag. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Goodbye. Click. He flew to New York. Where did he stay? In a hotel. One of the many hotels that he could have stayed in. And then popped to visit Jeffrey and said, look, you're a scumbag. I don't want anything to do with you now. You're dead to me. How, how could you? Goodbye. I'll never speak to you again. No, he didn't do that. He went and stayed with Jeffrey Epstein for about three days or something, because it was "quotes qu- convenient." Wow,
0: that's messed up.
2: And and he stayed with him for a number of days, including a walk in the park where they were photographed having an in, in, um, an intense conversation. And also, he says that he saw he sort of bumped into him in a corridor, uh, maybe one day. Uh, while walking through the, his his house. In his own house. In Jeffrey Epstein's own house. so what,
0: and, and, It can uh, happen when you stay at someone's house. Sometimes you can bump into the host walking down a corridor. <laughs> oh, I didn't expect
2: to see you here. Yeah. Do you want to hear a clip or two? Oh, God, yeah. Go on then, put a couple okay. on. Okay. All right, let's, let's hear Emily Maitlis on the BBC interviewing uh, Prince Andrew.
3: He was released in July, within months by December of 2010, you went to stay with him at his New York mansion. Why, why were you staying with a convicted sex offender? Right,
1: I have always, uh, ever since this has happened and since this has become, um, as it were, public knowledge that I was there, I've questioned myself as to why did I go, um, what was I doing and was it the right thing to do? Now I went there with the sole purpose of saying to him that because he had been convicted, it was inappropriate for us to be seen together. And I had a number of people counsel me in both directions, either to go and see him or not to go and see him. And I took the judgment call that because this was um, serious um, and uh, I felt that Doing it over the telephone was the chicken's way of doing it. I had to go and see him and talk to him. Um, And I went to see him, uh, and I was doing a number of other things in New York at the time. um, And we had an opportunity to go for a walk in the park. And that was the conversation, um, coincidentally, that was photographed, which was when I said to him, I said, look, because of what has happened, I don't think it is appropriate that we should remain in contact. And by mutual agreement during that walk in the park, we decided that we would part company, and I left, I think it was the next day. And to this day, I never had any contact with him from that day forward.
3: Who advised you then that it was a good idea to go and break up the friendship? Did that come from the palace? Was no, Her no, Majesty no, 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 the no, Queen involved? No, no,
1: no, no. no. That came from... So there were a number of people who... who, So so some people from um, my staff, some people from um, uh, friends and family I was talking to, and I took the decision that it was... I had to show leadership and I had to go and see him and I had to tell him that's it.
3: That was December of 2010. Yep. He threw a party to celebrate his release and you were invited as the guest of honour.
1: Oh, in 2010, that there wasn't, certainly wasn't a, a, a party to celebrate his release in December, because it was a small dinner party. There were only eight or ten of us, I think, at the, at the dinner. If there, was, if there was a party, then I'd know nothing about that.
3: You were invited to that dinner as a guest of honour?
1: Well, I was there, so there was a dinner. I think it was quite... As, as you might put it but yeah okay I was there for a... <laughs> I was there for a dinner yep.
3: I'm just trying to work this out because you said you went to break up the relationship and yet you stayed at that New York mansion several days. I'm wondering how yeah, long... But I was
1: did. doing a number of other things while I was there.
3: But you were staying at the house of yes. a convicted sex offender
1: It was a convenient place to stay there was, I, mean, I mean, I've gone through this in my mind so many times at the end of the day um, uh, uh, with the benefit of all the hindsight that one could have, um, it was definitely the wrong thing to do. Um, but at the time, I felt it was the, the honourable and right thing to do. And I, I admit fully that, 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 that my judgment was probably coloured by my um, tendency to be too honourable, but that's just the way it is. Wow.
2: So, again, you know what I said before of, like, him saying, essentially his answer is, look, okay, look, I'm Prince Andrew. Remember, I'm an honourable prince guy. Yeah. And he expects everyone to be like, oh, okay, sorry, carry on. Because, yeah, Yeah. it's absolutely an expression of incredible levels of privilege. Or should just, like, listen to him and go, oh,
0: sorry, 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 sir. sir. I didn't realise that you were going to explain it with such eloquency.
2: Yeah. And he's like, look, this look in his eyes of like, oh, you know, oh, I'm just an innocent prince, honestly. Yeah, we won't go into it any further. I think that's it's enough. gone a bit
0: dark. This one, yeah. Um, but, that's why I thought
2: we'd leave it till the end. But um, I suppose that's
0: the, the the sticking point that you, you can defend the monarchy, and then something like that happens, and you go, well, how do you defend that?
2: Yeah, but maybe we should end on a lighter note, which is that there are people having it's time. a bank holiday. It's a bank <laughs> holiday, so the nation got. Um, uh, actually, two days off this week. Normally, there would have been one day anyway, because it's the end of May and you always get a holiday in the end of May. But also, but it's they gave everyone another holiday for the Queen's Jubilee, which is nice. And everyone's partying and seem to be well, not everyone, but not
0: everyone. A few. There's not actually that many people out and about, is there?
2: No, we haven't seen anything. I thought there'd be a party in the street or something, but yeah, not nothing. here. No. In some places, there will be parties in the street.
0: There was a bit of a party in Warwick. Where mum and dad live.
2: Yeah, that's right. Parties in the square. You know, th- I mean, that's all right, isn't it? That-
0: that's fine. It's fine. There's actually nothing wrong with it, really. Uh, we're just sort of, if you're going to really nitpick and have these great philosoph- philosophical thoughts, but to be honest, it's never going to change.
2: Really? No.
0: I mean, the whole system is set up to keep itself going, isn't it? Mm. So even, I mean, how would how would the monarchy be abolished?
2: Well, that's the thing. I don't think it should should or could be abolished. I think it could just be reformed to the point where reformed. it's smaller and yeah. less significant. And I mean, I'd,
0: I'd probably go with that. You know, yeah. not scrap them entirely, but maybe have some of their massive dripping wealth yeah. repurposed for the nation. Yeah, um, maybe look into some of their tax arrangements. Yeah, make Um, them more
2: accountable. Make them
0: a bit more accountable. Um, But essentially, I think I'd probably keep them as a sort of head of state figurehead. Yes. But maybe minus quite so many palaces and jewels and stuff. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, speaking of someone who doesn't have a great knowledge of all this, but that's just my sort of instinct.
2: Yeah, yeah. So there you go, listeners. And maybe you got rather a cynical view of the royal family here. I mean, I liked it in the, the, the 2012 Olympics when the Queen
0: parachuted out of an aeroplane with James Bond with James Bond in Danny Boyle's little video
2: helicopter not uh, uh, yeah yeah that, that was, was quite great funny. i mean to be honest the i think the mood of the nation just after the olympics is probably the best it's been for for a long time and it's been <laughs> gradually going downhill and brexit was just awful because it the way it divided the nation and 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 the rest of it um and on a lighter note yeah i mean fair play The Queen she's she has been stoic. She's
0: a survivor. I hope she makes it through the weekend.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and and yeah, that's another thing, just to tack on at the end. In all seriousness, when the Queen does die, um it's going to be a very, very somber occasion indeed. It's going to be incredibly somber, it's going to be unreal, and the world We'll look at what's happening. It'll be um, felt across the world. I do believe that, and certainly in the UK, it's going to be. There's going to be grief. There will be mourning. Even if you don't love the Queen, just simply the fact that she's no longer there and the change will will be immense. It's going to be. Um, I mean, we do in thing. this
0: country kind of categorise our ages through the monarch. So the Victorian era is when Queen Victoria was yeah. in. Then you had the Edwardian era. No, the Georgian era. Sorry. And so on. I'm not very good at all these, but we'll we'll be leaving the the, the Elizabethan the second era, Elizabeth the second
2: yeah, the il- you can't say the second. second Maybe Elizabethan- you could say the second
0: Elizabethan phase, I suppose. You well, could
2: I get, say. yeah, the, when we say Elizabethan, we think of the, the Elizabeth I, Elizabeth the I, Tudor, yeah. Henry VIII's daughter. Um, yeah, we've got the Tudors, the, um, the Stuarts, and all the different families, different eras. But yeah, yeah. 70 years. Uh, so I think of- it
0: will be seen as a big turning point when you go back, sorry, when you go forward into history and we look back, this period between. The uh, second Elizabethan era and the, the the second Charlesian era. Third, third. Sorry, he, he, third, would, be, he would be the third Charles, Charles the third.
2: If he keeps his name, he might become a George. Uh, what? Possibly. That's yeah. Um, uh, George uh, the sixth. Right. It was sixth, wasn't it? His dad was George the fifth. George the sixth. His name wasn't George. It was um, something else. It was. Uh, right. Uh, I can't remember what but his name anyway, was but he changed his name the kings sometimes change their name what I'm, trying, what I'm trying to say is in the future
0: this, this transition between ages yeah. is often seen as a kind of marking point marker you know you talk about the values of the Victorian era yeah, that which then change into the um, Georgian era and yeah. so on and the yeah. design characteristics of Victorian houses versus Georgian houses Edwardian and in thousands of years time if we make it that far looking back on this period will be seen as a definite shift from one era a, to another a, era a pivotal moment in our nation's history it's just how we not because of who's in power just because that's the way we remember it by who's in power yeah or who's in the sorry in in in, in the throne yeah. sorry not necessarily in power but as the figurehead yeah so it's just a point in history basically isn't it
2: it'll be a profound it'll be profound as well at the moment you know like businesses will close people will just go when it's announced people will leave work they'll go n- everything will stop everything will stop when that happens n- uh people well, they not- it will no it, I've, you see you know you see okay about the off licenses when, stay open when, all right maybe the, the the wine and beer shops will probably have to stay open. they'll do a lot of business but uh, a lot of people will not go to work everything's going to stop you'll see and and they say that uh, the BBC will not show comedy on on the TV for several weeks. Yeah. And they have and, certain
0: songs lined up for sad news. And so the pop music stops and they play certain sad music for yeah. that day.
2: Yeah, exactly. It, everything will be it, it, it will be felt profoundly and uh, it it's going to be interesting. The country will change definitely. Okay, that's it listeners. Let us know your comments, as always. I'd love to know what you think, wherever you are, whatever your context is. How do you see the royal family from, you know, from other countries and other cultures? We're very interested to know what you think. I hope that you found this interesting, everybody. Sorry things got a bit, maybe a bit dark in places, but that's not our fault, is it? We're just talking about what's going on. Um, Yeah,
0: and I think it is a legitimate point of concern for people. Even royalists would get stuck on that one yeah um but whatever however you feel about the royal family
2: have a great jubilee (laughs) yeah all right everyone cheers speak to you very soon but for now it's just time to say goodbye bye 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 Bye. Bye. thanks for listening to luke's english podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk